In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. John Newton was born in London in 1725. His childhood was by many measures disastrous. His mother died by the time he was seven. By 11, he had left school to go to sea with his shipmaster father, and by 18, he was pressed into duty in the Royal Navy. His service was disgraceful. He was caught trying to desert and received a brutal punishment and stripping of rank, at which point he went to work on a slave ship bound for West Africa. But even on this ignominious vessel, he ran afoul of the crew. They got so fed up with him that in 1745 they left him on the coast of West Africa, where he was himself essentially enslaved, becoming a servant to a notoriously abusive slave trader and his wife. After three long years, he was rescued. But on the way back home, the ship encountered a severe storm off the coast of Ireland. It sprang a leak, and Newton wondered whether this would finally be the end of his nasty, brutish, and short life. He had lost all religious concern during his nomadic youth, but now, as water filled the ship and death came knocking on his door, he called out to God in desperation. And the story goes that when he did, the cargo of the ship suddenly shifted and plugged the hole so that they were able to make it safely to shore. Now, whether you want to attribute that moment to the hand of God or not, Newton certainly did. And he marked that night as the night he became a Christian, for in his mind, God had saved him from certain death. Easter is about God saving us from death. It is an assurance that God is stronger than anything, more lasting than everything, and that God's love transcends this earthly life so that we are promised a continued existence with Him even when we die. God has loved us with an everlasting love, Jeremiah writes. And when Jesus appears to the two Marys on the road, we are greeted with the same happy news that the everlastingness of that love extends even beyond the grave. This gives us hope. This gives us comfort. It gives us courage not to fear the end of life when it comes, nor to lose heart when our loved ones go ahead of us. God's victory over death on Easter Day takes away our fear and shows us what we have to look forward to. And for that we shout, thanks be to God, alleluia, alleluia. But Easter is about more than life after death. It is just as much about life during life. 
as Christians, resurrection is not merely a future reality to which we look forward. It is meant to be the shape and the character of our life here and now. And that is perhaps the harder message for us to accept, because that means resurrection requires more of us than just our death. It requires our whole life. And it is possible to believe in the resurrection and not live a resurrection life. To live a resurrection life means that if you believe love is stronger than hate, then you are loving. It means that if you believe ultimately goodness triumphs over evil, then you strive to be good. It means that if you believe God brings life out of death and liberates us from our fear, then you live in a way that promotes life and liberation. And it means that if you truly believe that peace is preferable to violence, that forgiveness can really heal guilt, that joy can conquer despair, then your life will conform to those principles and practices conform so fully that they become who you are and what you are about. That they permeate your entire existence. That is a resurrection life. Anything short of that is lip service to our Lord and a disservice to His Gospel. After he survived his near shipwreck and gave his life to Jesus, John Newton's life improved quite immensely. He spent time in the study of theology and scripture and ancient languages. He settled down, he married, he matured, and he gave up such unholy acts as swearing and gambling and drinking. What he did not give up was the slave trade. He who had experienced firsthand the horrors of slavery as a slave and now professed a profound faith in Jesus Christ continued to work in the slave trade for years, even becoming the captain of slave ships. And when he gave up the seafaring life, he became an investor in the company that he had worked for. Eventually, his religious convictions grew so strong that he became an Anglican priest, serving in the town of Olney, England, and then in central London, all without formally forswearing the slave trade. John Newton is neither the first nor the last example of a person who believed in the resurrection without living a resurrection life, but he serves as a good reminder that a life of Christian discipleship cannot be complete until it touches every corner of who you are, of how you live, and what you stand for. And therefore, it is more of a process than a moment. A resurrection life requires our continual conversion. It requires us to say over and over again every day that this 
is the day to live by love, to show mercy, to strive for justice, to bring hope and healing to all people, until that way of being becomes our way of being completely. This is a challenge, because the truth is there are parts of our life that do not conform to the fullness of resurrection life, and we are sometimes loath to let go of them. But if we can, if we can allow the spirit of resurrection to fully permeate our life, then, then we will experience what it really means for God to save us from death, because it is then that we will experience what it really means to live. To live fully in the spirit of that everlasting love and everlasting life that God promises to us and to all people. That is the gift of resurrection. A gift not just to believe in, but to live by. A gift not just for the future, but for now. A gift not just for us, but for all. It took a really long time for John Newton to understand this. It was not until 1788, 40 years after his conversion to Christianity, 34 years after his retirement from the slave trade, and almost 25 years after he was ordained, that he finally, formally forswore his involvement with that shameful, sinful industry. In a published pamphlet, he admitted, This confession comes too late, but it will always be a subject of humiliating reflection to me that I once was an active instrument in a business at which my heart now shudders. The good news is that when John Newton finally did condemn slavery, when he finally gave himself completely to living by the principles of resurrection here and now, the consequences were historic. He sent a copy of his pamphlet to every MP in Parliament, and it sold out so quickly it had to be reprinted. He became a force in the abolitionist movement in England, spending the final years of his life promoting the passage of the British Slave Trade Act of 1807, which finally abolished the slave trade from their shores, and which was passed just months before Newton died. From profiting from it to prohibiting it, he was finally living fully by the spirit of resurrection that he had spent all those years preaching about. And as he looked back on this journey of continual conversion, Newton captured the essence of his transformation in words whose truth he had come to know more deeply than most throughout his life. Words which would resonate across the ages, for it was he who penned the text that would become the most famous hymn in Christendom, Amazing Grace. 
how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. Dear friends, may the amazing grace of God give you the gifts of resurrection, not just in the life to come, but in your life right here, right now. And until it is time for this existence to give way to a yet more glorious one, may you shine with the radiance of God's everlasting love and everlasting life this Easter day and always. Amen.